the middle of the earth in the land of Shire lives a brave little hobbit whom we all admire with his long wooden pipe fuzzy woolly toes he lives in a hobbit hole and everybody knows him Bilbo Bilbo Baggins he's only three feet Hello and welcome to the Aussie Nerds Podcast. I'm Daniel and this week Ross has taken the format of uh, bringing in one movie and brought in three movies that are 12 hours long because he hates me. I'm very, very sorry. (laughs) So we're watching Lord of the Rings. And in your defense, on my chart, which has like the hundred movies that you have to see, they have the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So literally everyone sees this as one extremely long movie. Yeah, 12 hours of one movie. Uh, why have you done this to me? Um, well, partly because it's my favourite movie. I mean, that would do it. My favourite movies. Um, and you did say what's my favourite movie, and I think you said Princess Bride was taken. Uh, yes, it was. Um, I still haven't gotten around to recording that. Ah. Well, Princess Bride was shorter. But <laughs> Princess Bride is my favourite movie, and I wanted to save that for like a special thing where I just talk about it. Ah, mm. that's reasonable. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, also, I was quite excited by the fact you hadn't seen them, so I was kind of interested to see what your opinions would be. Um, basic opinion, uh, off the bat, they're too long, uh, the extended cut <laughs> is ridiculous, and the extended cut yes. of the second movie uh, is essentially twenty minutes of them of the giant trees going. Nah, let's not do it. 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 Oh shit! They burnt us down. Fuck. Let's do it. Do it. Yeah. Uh, now that's that brings me on to one of the comments I did want to make: changes between the books and the film. Oh, you're one of those people. I am. In <laughs> in the books, the ends take about 14 chapters, uh, give or take, about an inch thickness of book, uh, to decide to actually go to war. They decide to go to war against Saruman uh, after the meeting, which made more sense for me, because in the films, the Ents decide not to go to war, then get all mad and just throw their hat on the ground and go, fuck it, and charge, which isn't very Entish to me. And also, if they had decided to go to war, there might have been a point. <laughs> yeah, and a plan. Uh, th- of course, the uh, the theatrical cut of the movies as well doesn't show why the orcs at Helm's Deep all die. Because in the extended cut and in the book, it shows the orcs from Helm's Deep running away into the woods where they get eaten by trees. Which is a solid thing to show, and I'm upset that they didn't show it. Yeah, otherwise you've got 10,000 orcs running around who don't come back tomorrow for some reason. Yeah, there's a lot of walking in this. No wonder people make that joke. <laughs> yeah, uh, paid for by the Tourism Board of New Zealand. <laughs> there, There is um, a Hobbiton, uh, the, where they built Hobbiton. They, they have that as a tra- trap in New Zealand. Yeah, I am so desperate to go. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's all the way around the world for me, though. It's next door, and I still haven't bothered. Well, you don't like the movies nearly as much I as I do. I don't think anyone does. <laughs> I, I am a bit of a super fan, I, to be sure. I can see that. I was going to get um, uh, Elijah Wood's autograph just to taunt you with it, and then promise that I'll send it to you, and then never do. 
but it costs one hundred and twenty dollars, and I'm not committed to the bit. Ah, that's reasonable. Uh, I did commit enough to the bit that I have some uh, some things around me to get okay. me in the mood. So I currently have a Funko Pop of the Witch King, the One Ring. I'm wearing Aragorn's ring. I've got a Leaf of Lorien brooch and my copy of the okay, books. Okay, don't put the One all Ring on. My on desk next to otherwise, me. you'll vanish into the shadow realm. I know, right? I've just got it. Just here. I can't read the fiery letters, unfortunately. That's probably for the best. <laughs> well, actually, I have got the. Uh, I, I do remember the lyric of the ring, not just in English, but also in Mor- in uh, the Morgul You're speech. You're such a nerd. I know. I know. I mean, the word nerd is in the title of your podcast. I feel like yeah, I'm at home Yeah, it's good. I'm a Harry Potter nerd. Uh, I can go, like, deep, ah. deep cut with Harry Potter stuff. Ah. Oh, see, we were clearly born on the wrong sides of the world because... Two hours drive from me is the Harry Potter Warner Brothers experience. No, no, no. I'm on the right side of the world because if I was there constantly, every week, get paid to go to (laughs) Harry Potter, it'll be a constant toxic cycle. Ah, that's fair. I've only been twice, um, but I don't love Harry Potter as much as you do, clearly. (laughs) But that's fair enough. other locations that you have seen that you're like, I want to visit there. I want to go there. That'd be fun. Uh, specific to Lord of the Rings no, or in general? Specific to Lord of the Rings. Keep on topic. All right. Oh, sorry. Um, I really would like to walk over some of those, uh, the foothills of some of the mountains that they walk through. Definitely want to visit Hobbiton. I I want to see the, the museum where they keep all, like, the swords for movie and the props and all that as well. I want to see how some of that got made. Uh, that, that would be fun. Uh, there's a guy that was making uh, swords uh, at uh, Supernova, which is uh, like Comic-Con, but with a better name. Ah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, he had movie swords, and one of them was from Lord of the Rings. Ah. Is, it looks really nice, and I wanted to get Gryffindor's sword. Oh. That, so... Yeah, that is, uh, that's nice. Is it that the Godric Gryffindor sword that the stabs yeah. the basilisk with? Oh, that's, that is a beautiful it's, it's sword, yeah. It's so cool, and it has, like, and it's great. It's, oh, God, I love that sword. <laughs> I actually have Aragorn's sword somewhere in the house. I just couldn't fit it on my desk. That's so cool. Um, yeah. What's your favorite um, magical item from Lord of the Rings? Ah, ooh. I mean, the One Ring is definitely up there because it's just, it's got a will of its own. It's got that magic. It's got sort of, it's trying to find its way back to its master. It's, it, you know, the way it corrupts people. And I just, I love the deep lore of how that magic item works. It's so cool. I think it's, it's, it's a bit of a cliched answer, but yeah, the One Ring, it, like, I heard it said that not since Excalibur has a uh, has an inanimate object been imbued with so much character. Um, I tend to agree. I think the locket from uh, Deathly Hallows is really good at corrupting mm. uh, people, and and I got a lot of parallels from Harry Potter because it's like fantasy adventure. They have Horcruxes. Fred and George are there. Yeah, yeah. The One Ring is basically Saruman, uh, Sauron's single Horcrux. Exactly. And it's, it's so cool. And my favorite part of it is that um, in Lord of the Rings, Harry and Ron are dating. 
<laughs> no, I insist that the two towers refer to uh, two actual literal towers. Yeah, sure you do. <laughs> it, look, it's okay if they are gay, I just don't think they are. But they totally are. It's like, come on, I will carry you across the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> what is, what's gay about that? Ah, uh, I don't understand what's gay about you that. You haven't been in the same circles as I have. <laughs> ah, possibly. I see your point. I may um, have accidentally but, watched the porn uh, about this. I don't know. Can't remember. <laughs> it was shorter, though. Hey, fair enough. I haven't watched the porn <laughs> of this, but I can tell you that Sam goes home and marries Goldilocks, yeah, sure. a female hobbit, and has like ten kids. Oh, no. Poor Sam. But I can also say that after he's had multiple kids, and before all the kids are fully grown up, he buggers off. You know how at the end of the film, Frodo and Gandalf and Bilbo all go on the uh, boat? Yeah? About 15 years later, according to the appendices, Sam gets on the boat too, and leaves his unemployed wife with ten children. You see? Well, he's... He, I mean, maybe he's gay and realised it and decided to leave his wife to pursue a homosexual life on the other side of the sea, or maybe he's just a deadbeat dad. Ah, uh, could be both. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was because of the corrupting influence of the ring, but, you know. Who knows? Could be, <laughs> could anything. be anything. The corrupting influence of the ring, I heard from uh, someone you, the, um, who compared the books to the movies called The Dom or Dominic Noble because The Dom apparently is a really big in BDSM. Who knew? But so he changed Fair his name enough. to Dominic Noble, but his um, but he said that in the Hobbit, the ring wasn't corrupting and it didn't wasn't so powerful. It was just like plus one to invisibility. Yes, uh, in the Hobbit, uh, Tolkien wrote the Hobbit many years before, and it was basically a written down version of the stories he'd just been telling his kids for the last few years, and it was very different to in style to Lord of the Rings. It was very well. There are a few examples in The Hobbit where the narrator voice basically says, you, the reader, understand what's going on. But Bilbo here, he was a bit of a silly hobbit and didn't know what was happening. But we know, don't we? Uh, that's not how Lord of the Rings works. But The Hobbit works much more like a story uh, that's told verbally. So all that stuff about magic rings and evil lords had was added way later. And The Hobbit was just... It was just a magic ring that makes you invisible. That's really cute. Um, so, um, for kids, start with The Hobbit, and then as they get older, read Lord yeah, of the Rings. It, it, I mean, Harry Potter's got some parallels on that, because obviously Harry Potter books age with Which the kids. is why it works so well, because if it was just all at the same level yeah. as Chamber of Secrets or Philosopher's Stone, we wouldn't have... Um, it wouldn't be as popular as it is, because um, people wouldn't have grown up with them. Yeah, although I think I missed the age group just. It came out in 97, I, don't know. I think. What, how old were you then? Yeah, uh, 97, I was 11. So I reckon I was just old enough to think that the kidsy stuff was silly, but not old enough to realise that the kidsy stuff was great. I agree. I was in that gap with Star Wars. Because by the time I got to right. Star Wars, the first Star Wars, the original Star Wars... Um, I was like, this is fun, silly, stupid space wizards. I want my regular wizards. Mm. 
I do prefer regular wizards. I think that's why Star Wars has never been my favourite... Well, Star Wars probably was my favourite films until Lord of the Rings came out, and I thought, ooh, regular wizards, that's better. <laughs> the, thing, the thing with um, Star Wars uh, versus Lord of the Rings is that uh, the shitty prequels didn't come until, like, way later for me, right? <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh, so I just watched that, and you were like, don't watch The Hobbit. God forbid you watch The Hobbit. Don't watch The Hobbit. And so I didn't, because I'm good at following orders. The Hobbit is very mixed. I, If you watch The Hobbit having never read the book, you'll probably end up enjoying it. But, because they're still quite well made. They were made in they were made in much more of a rush. They, were, they had development hell, because Guillermo del Toro was in, then he was out, then he was in, then Peter Jackson made it, but didn't really want to. Uh, so there's all that. But the main problem is that The Hobbit is a half-inch thick book. So there's a lot of padding. It's not even... Yeah. They're not even... It's not even half as long as The Fellowship, and it was spun into three whole films. Not only three whole films, three Lord of the Rings-sized films. Yeah. I mean, I didn't... I, I failed to enjoy The Hobbit to the extent that I haven't watched the extended edition. And I think I've only watched the originals once or twice each. Whereas Lord of the Rings is like an annual viewing, at least for me, extended edition. How long is the regular editions? Uh, I think both trilogies, both Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, come in about 12 hours, and extended come in about 16. Wait, no, it can't be 15. It must be 13. My favorite thing about what you said is that uh, you basically said, I didn't like the originals, I've only seen them twice, which is about 24 hours. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? I spent an entire day watching the original movies. Uh... Wait, hang on. No, it can't be 12 hours for the original Hobbits, because that would put them at four hours each. That can't be right. Well, nine hours then. Either way... That, it's still far it's too far long, too long isn't it? to be like, oh, that, this bit sucks. This is terrible. That looks yeah. a bit fake. Yeah. And, ooh, love triangle between the elf and a dwarf and another elf. Uh, I think she accepted it specifically because she thought that there wasn't going to be a love triangle. Yes. I heard that interview, and then she comes back for reshoots, and hey, look, love triangle. Yeah, that was weird. And they only put Toriel in because they needed a woman, because there were literally no female characters in The Hobbit. And they put her in and made her entire arc all about how much she fancies Legolas. Well, fair enough. He's got luscious locks. I mean, I fancy Legolas a little bit as well. As a straight guy, I still also slightly Everyone fancy Legolas. Everyone is gay for Legolas. <laughs> that's a fair point um but yeah i i think i think the hobbit just it failed to capture the magic because it was a such a different type of book it basically a different genre of book lord of the rings is an epic fantasy and the hobbit is a children's adventure story which is um is which can work uh the original alien was a horror movie and then aliens uh was an action movie yeah and Aliens was written as an action movie, but The Hobbit was written... Well, the book was written as different to Lord of the Rings, and the films were written as the same as Lord of yeah, the Rings. Yeah, but they could have made it uh, a fun adventure if it came out first. Yeah. Imagine it comes out first, yeah, The Hobbit comes I... out first, it's a fun, cute adventure story that you saw when you were nine, and then The Lord of the Rings comes out later. Yeah. It's this epic fantasy. Yeah. That would be great. Or a prequel where they just do one film, three hours long, or even two hours long, and just do The Hobbit. Yeah, that would have been great. And then they could have spent the budget of the other two Hobbit films 
on doing a story out of the Silmarillion. Don't try and film the whole Silmarillion. That's stupid. But pick a story or two. What is the Silmarillion? Uh, the Silmarillion is Tolkien's history book that predates Lord of the Rings. Basically, it tells the story of the first three ages. Uh, Lord of the Rings is set in like the last ten years of the third age. The Silmarillion tells us from the creation of the universe up to the end of the events of Lord of the Rings. That's deep lore. It reminds me of Discworld. Yeah. Yeah, it's only about as big as one Lord of the Rings volume. So in terms of word count, in terms of how long it takes you to read the book, it's one third Lord of the Rings. But it just, uh, occasionally it just says, a thousand years later, the same character did this now. Wait, what just happened? (laughs) Tolkien, we just jumped a thousand years into the future. What just happened? Oh, not much. Not much in those (laughs) years. Not much in those thousand years. Thousand years of society building and evil emperors and stuff. Who cares? We'll get back to that later. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It could be that literally nothing happened. I mean, like some of those elves, like Feanor and whatnot, they lived for thousands of years and didn't do much. (laughs) Imagine being immortal and also being lazy. (laughs) I'm lazy. If I was immortal and lazy, I'd be lazy on such a huge scale. I'd not get around to this. I would get so much of nothing done. I'd get around to this podcast in like a hundred years. When do you want to do it? (laughs) Tomorrow? Nah, let's wait like a hundred years. Who cares? If I was immortal, I'd never have watched Lord of the Rings. If you were immortal, you could get through it. That's true, but I wouldn't, because I could always do it next century. (laughs) Just imagine how rubbish uh, our movies would be if if people were immortal and lazy. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Oh, I I will say, they're planning on doing a uh, TV show of Lord of the Rings of the Silmarillion. And doing those stories, which I think could be so good, but could also be catastrophically mishandled. Like Lord of the Rings. So, fingers crossed. Like Lord of the Rings versus The Hobbit, or Dexter Season 3-4 versus Dexter Season 5-7. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that those are not good, Dexter. I stopped after yeah, Season 4. Yeah, you're pretty four. much safe. You're pretty much safe. Yeah, so someone told me, have you seen him get married yet? I said yes. They said, right, you're done. Don't watch anymore. Yeah, the, it got up, you get up to the part where uh, Dexter learns that he can't have a girlfriend because he's a monster, because uh, he uh, and also an idiot, because um, <laughs> because the Trinity Killer, who's fucking phenomenal, kills his uh, kills his wife, and oh, then yeah. after that, just just immediately plummets, like is not even close. <laughs> well, I'm glad I stopped there then. I, I, I gave up on The Walking Dead about three seasons ago as well. I've never seen it. I can't, I can't really recommend it now because I think the first two seasons are great and then it just sort of, it doesn't take a dive off a cliff. It just sort of gradually peters out until I got too bored to keep, keep up. I wonder if there's ones that did that. People want uh, Lucifer to have season six and I'm like, no, 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 no. It got cancelled after season three. Then Netflix brought it back, and they're like, and when before they brought it back, they're like, "What's your plan?" Right? So you got season four and five, and then we stop, and yeah. we have a great series instead of one that's that started off so great and then ended so badly. Yeah, I, I, one of my favorite ones to use as an example for this is Scrubs. I feel like all of Scrubs was really, really good, even through the sort of tired later seasons. I still really enjoyed it, and then they got a really good ending. 
And then they tried to make another season with younger characters and the original characters were only there in like oh, cameo roles. And it was and it was the you worst. You have to replace your entire cast. Maybe you should stop. Yeah. Yeah. It it makes me think of a gymnast who has they've stuck the landing, they hit the mat, they stick their arms up in the air, and the judges hold up all the tens. And then the gymnast just flips off the judges <laughs> and all the tens get taken down. Like, nice one, Scrubs. You really fucked it up there. Ah, <laughs> uh, that, that would suck. Yeah. Whereas something like Firefly is just, it's one season and a movie of just amazing stuff. Um, it's probably best for the best that Firefly got cancelled because anything yeah. that starts off that amazing has only down to go. Like, have you seen Heroes? Yes, I did. Uh, season one, amazing. Couple of the seasons later, quite good. Last season, oh, not no, so no, good. Oh no, 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 no! That's not how it works. Season one, amazing, and then immediately, next episode, crashed. It's oh, really? so bad. It was I, so good, and then it became so bad so quickly. I remember thinking season two and three were okay, but I haven't seen it in a while, and I do remember the whole series, all six seasons or whatever, being on average not great. Ah. Uh, I, I reckon, I like what Netflix is doing now with limited seasons. It's like, okay, yeah. give me your idea, alright? It'll take this long, uh, we have this story to cover. And they're like, great, do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm slightly worried about Stranger Things 3 being too much. Perhaps, but um, you have The Good Place. Have you seen The Good Place? I've seen a couple of episodes. Uh, I want to discuss it, but I also have to spoil it. Uh, I probably won't get around okay. to it, so go so, for it. So, The Good Place... For me, anyway. The, listeners, spoilers yeah, ahead. The Good Place is fantastic. I've seen all the seasons. Season one. Hello, welcome to heaven. And then What's-Her-Face is like, ah, shit. Or no, oh, shit, or whatever, because they can't swear, which is hilarious. Because they really, really oh. want to swear. <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, I, I, I'm not supposed to be in heaven. This is the worst. And then, at the end of the season, she's like, Oh, fart knuckles, we're in hell. And <laughs> it was just mental torture. And then the guy is like, and then season two, you know that you're they're in hell. And for the, like, the first episode, um, she they keep resetting them and they keep figuring it out. Oh. And he gets progressively <laughs> more and more annoyed and more and more depressed. And so they have to get, that they have to get out of hell. Season three... Uh, they go to the judge and is like, hey, is they prove that they're good, can, they can go to he the good place. And season, and that that happens at the end of season three. Uh, that happens at uh, the beginning, end of season two. And in season three, they're on Earth. They have to prove that they're, that they're good. They don't because they're terrible people. <laughs> I worked that out from the one episode yeah, I watched. Yeah, it's all great. And then uh, the end of last season... It turns out that no one's gotten into heaven. Not even a guy that worked out how the system works. No one's gotten into a good place <laughs> in like 500 years because society sucks. Yeah, <laughs> That's quite good. because like even that. if you're a good person, you're like still like eating fruit that was picked by slaves or whatever. Oh, yeah. So you're implicit in some kind of societal evil. So you exactly. Don't so no one's gotten into heaven for like 500 years and no one noticed. <laughs> Well, you can't tell, can you? Because you've gone to once you've gone once you've gone to hell, you can't send a message. Exactly. On. So it, it's all great. 
it's a great like series as a whole, and I suggest that you watch it, even though I just spoiled the whole thing. And I sound I might have to put that and on the reason list. it works is because season one had a different setup to season uh, four, because if it was just four seasons of them in heaven and her trying to be good, it would have been boring. Yeah, yeah, change it up each season, do something a bit different. Exactly, and, and now the, this is the last season, they're going to cancel it. Uh, well, cancel or end before it gets sad. Yeah, have a plan from the beginning and do it. I think that's a really good idea. I feel like, like you said, the Netflix model is working on that. Exactly, and don't be afraid to change it up as well. I think that relates to, to yeah. Lord of the Rings somehow, but just in case it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> Before we circle back to Lord of the Rings, I want to just praise Good Omens. I haven't seen it. I want to see it. Haven't got Amazon Prime. I have not seen all of it yet. I've seen, uh, I think they have three episodes in out of six. But it's one book, a small one, and it is just six hours is probably all you need to tell that story. And they've gone into a bit more detail and it's it's so true to the book so far. It's very Pratchett-y, very gamin-y. I'm enjoying it a lot. And since you tried to, I'm going to see if I can do it now. And that brings us back to The Hobbit, which was not done the right way. Yay! Well done. So, thanks. Uh, I highly recommend Good Omens, though. It's worth getting Amazon Prime just for Good Omens if you want I to have see it. the book because it's also, my favourite book. Really? That's not it. Uh, it's one of my favourites. I very much enjoy um, it. it. It's like a story that could have happened on Discworld. It, well, yeah, there's some, watching the show and reading the book, there are some moments where you can go, oh, that's Pratchett, oh, that's Gaiman, oh, Pratchett, oh, Gaiman. <laughs> it's just so, they're so stylistic. I mean, I, I only started reading Gaiman because I read Good Omens, and I read Good Omens because I've read Pratchett. That's probably why they did and it. And I thought, yeah, I, I get, it probably cross-contaminated each fandom, because I imagine there's crossover, but people didn't know that there was until they'd seen that collaboration. Exactly. I, I really like um, fantasy uh, movies, especially demons trying to do uh, good things. Yeah. And yeah, and Crowley k- kicks ass. I that. love that Crowley's played by David Tennant. As soon as that casting was announced, I'm like, that's perfect. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hadn't actually pictured Crowley in my head, but as soon as I saw David Tennant, like, yep, that's Crowley. There he is. That's him. Uh, someone did a Lucifer crossover where Lucifer's just chilling on Earth. And he's like, what are you two doing here? Which is hilarious because that's, that devil <laughs> that's would just good. stop the apocalypse just to, so that he can continue having his bar. <laughs> I like that one. That In uh, Game and Sandman, there's a really good panel at the end of one of the uh, volumes where it, uh, Satan goes on holiday and he ends up on a beach watching a sunset and he says something like, all right, God, I'll give you this one. That's great. <laughs> That's really cool. That, that one's quite good. Um, anyway, so we were here to talk about Lord of the Rings and I think you said right, you said right at the beginning that you'd give me a chance to say why I liked it and I think I kind of have quite a lot, but I'll try and, I'll try and distill it for you. It's, I really like hero narrative. I'm definitely prone to a bit of hero worship. And uh, I, I, it's why I like the superhero movies that are, well, it's why I like Marvel super movies anyway. Because I feel you they're do doing have it a, well. uh, It's why I like superhero standards. comics. 
Exactly. Uh, but I think Lord of the Rings does the hero thing really well, while at the same time doing anyone can be a hero. You know, the hobbits, the most humble of creatures in Middle-earth kind of thing, turn out to be the ones who have the implacable will who can handle the ring. And they're the only ones who don't get corrupted that by it. That one hobbit got corrupted by it. And they're the only it. ones who can wield it. Uh, Gollum did, that's true, but he's not quite uh, a no, hobbit. No, not him, the, the other guy. Uh, Bilbo Baggins. Uh, yes, but he still gave it up of his own accord. That's a good point. Gandalf makes a point of that, that Bilbo, he became obsessive, but he didn't become evil. He didn't become crazy with it. Uh, Frodo, obsessive, Frodo had yes. to have his finger bitten off in order to give it up. Yeah, again, obsessive. But remember, Isildur had the ring for about five minutes before he said, yeah, it's my ring, I'm keeping it, I'm not destroying it, That's screw you. That's a good point. So... Five minutes it took a man. Uh, Remember, Gandalf wouldn't even touch it. True. And uh, it says a lot about the Hobbit that it takes so long for them to be corrupted. But also it says a lot about the ring that n- anyone can be corrupted by it. Yes, in time, yeah. I think Elrond says that he's, uh, you know, Frodo has shown great resistance to its uh, its evil, which is kind of nice. But I, I think while I'm on the Hobbit hero- heroism, Merry... Merry is one of my favourites because of ha- what he does with Eowyn. Because Eowyn's fighting the Witch King and they've got the whole I am no man, stab him in the face bit about to come up. But in the book, the description of Merry's, uh, from Merry's point of view, is so good and the film captures it. But he talks about how Eowyn was standing there alone against the Witch King and she looked so fair and terrible like a slim steel blade. And Mary's opinion is she shouldn't die, or at least she shouldn't die alone. So Mary's plan was basically to commit suicide by Witch King, just so Eowyn doesn't have to do it alone. And so he just goes and has a stab, and, you know, it works. But all the men of Rohan, all the, you know, full-size adult warriors, they saw the Witch King and did a runner. Mary and Eowyn... Fight. That's really cool. And for me, that's that's what this book's about. It's it's Merry standing up alongside his friend and stabbing, you know, a nightmare in the back of the leg so his friend doesn't have to die alone. I, that's, I mean, that's Lord, Lord of the, the Rings, Rings is a great counter to the uh, Chosen One narrative because, uh, like, Harry Potter came out and he was the Chosen One. And so, like, every single person was the Chosen One, even fucking Spider-Man who was the opposite of that, was the chosen one for a movie, which is ridiculous, and why Amazing Spider-Man sucks. I did not like Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man is really bad, and uh, one of the main reasons for that is that the entire narrative revolved around why he should be Spider-Man, aside from the fact that he's a good person with spider powers. Yeah, yeah, it's because he had magic blood. And people use the chosen one narrative, magic blood, fuck me. Um, I know, right? People use the Chosen One narrative to uh, because Harry Potter did it. But throughout the entirety of the Harry Potter books, they explain that prophecy is bullshit. Uh, and yeah. Harry was the Chosen One because even if he wasn't, he'd still have tried to defeat Voldemort. Yeah, because he's exactly. a hero. And yeah. Dumbledore essentially says that the majority of the prophecies in the Hall of Prophecy are wrong. Because it takes really specific circumstances to make the future happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I guess Lord of the Rings has a chosen one. Uh, like Frodo's not the chosen one. He got the ring by accident. The the chosen one in Lord of the Rings is Aragorn. Is I suppose. I mean, he's destined to be the king, and he, well, whether he's destined or not, because his dad, if if this whole crisis had happened forty years ago, his dad would have done it, and if it had happened forty years later, his son would have done it. So Aragorn just happened to be the one from that line of kings who was alive at the right minute. That doesn't make but him the chosen one. That makes also, him lucky. Yeah, I suppose so. But <coughs> he also kicks ass. All the way through that film and book, he is constantly being heroic and doing the right thing, and he doesn't he doesn't claim the kingship because uh, you know, because it's his birthright. He claims it because people choose him. Like he saves the day over and over again. And he becomes famous, and he becomes loved. And all the captains, Irma and Gandalf and, uh, you know, the Theoden and all the rest, they all, end, and the ones who aren't even mentioned in them, they all just come to love him and say, look, you might not claim yourself as the king just yet, but I bloody well call you the king, <laughs> and I'm going to follow you where Actual you go. Actual dialogue. So you might... Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Tolkien... Yeah. Uh, and uh, and lo, Prince Imrahil did said unto Gandalf, uh, did say unto Aragorn, "Fuck, mate, you're the king." <laughs> ah, shit! Take the throne. I hear it's made of iron or something. <laughs> and Aragorn said, "Hey, fam, I don't want the thing of the throne, man." He's like, "Ah, oh, shit, dude, I... <laughs> just take the throne. Come on, man." <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. I like that uh, he has an army of ghosts. I do and too. I really like the fact that he almost didn't let them go because because he said, "If you help me, I will release a curse. Your debt will be unridden. You can go die or something." And then they're like, "Oh, finally! Yeah. I just want to die." Yeah, that was good. Although in the I again not a huge fan of the way that happened in the film because in the book the Rohirrim broke that siege by themselves and the dead didn't turn up to that battle. I I really like it because. You show the, how powerful this army of ghosts are, uh, and then you show uh, the sexiest old man ever um, have the power, and they're like, hey, come on, man, you said you are going to free us. And, he, and then he's looking at the sword, and he almost doesn't, but he does free them because he's honourable, even though having an army yeah, of exactly. ghosts would be so helpful. Yeah, and he takes, you know, he does... He leads from the front all the time, and I love that. And, like, when you see the aerial shots of the <coughs> battles, and I think the most obvious one is uh, Theoden, mm-hmm. when the uh, horses charge uh, har- charge at the uh, Battle of the Pelennor Fields. He does his big speech, uh, you know, Arise, arise, riders of Theoden. And then as he charges in, a massive wedge forms with Theoden at the front of it, because he's just the best and the fastest. And... Again, that bit in the book just gets me every time. Like, uh, the, oh, and his shield was uncovered and shone like an image of the sun, and his banner bearer, Guthlaf, was beside him, but he could not be outpaced. And the the green field shone by the feet of his steed, and the house, uh, the riders of his household were there about him, but could not catch him. That's really neat. I love that. Um, The Hobbit wasn't the only movie to have Lord of the Rings influence it. Have you seen Narnia? I have. I read the books growing the, up. As um, well. <laughs> in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Not sure about the others. I haven't seen them. I heard they're terrible. 
I've only seen Lion, that Lion, one, Lion, I think. Lion, the Wardrobe has, like, these massive battles, and I'm, and I'm like, that's cool. And then after I saw it, I'm like, that's the same as Narnia. Oh, Narnia ripped you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Tolkien and C.S. Lewis were well, friends. Well, there you go. You can still feel friends. I keep telling them that, oh, yeah. but they're like, uh, no, not... give me back my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that's reasonable. Um, yeah, that's... <laughs> hey, sandwiches are the property of all of us. That's the kind of logic that means that I have, like, seven friends left. Yeah, but Last lots of sandwiches. Though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that is... That heroism and that character-driven stuff and the fact that when I read it, when I watch it, when I listen to it on tape, because I have it in the car on loop, when, when I'm doing a long on drive, tape. I think the Lord of the Rings chapter from the audiobook. Well, okay, it's never been <laughs> But... I listen, I pick a chapter, if I know I've got a long drive, I pick a chapter and I listen to it. And I, I've got, uh, I found a version of the songs from Lord of the Rings as read by Tolkien. That's cool. And he mispronounces like three words at least. It annoys oh, me no end. But um, at one point he says Boromir when he's meant to say Denethor. That's not mispronunciation, uh, <laughs> that's just wrong. That's just wrong, I know. Um, You'd think he'd know it, he named him. In Harry Potter, uh, like, um, Audible changed this, right? Because everyone agrees that Voldemort's name is Voldemort, not Voldemort, right? So they basically, uh, when I first heard, listened to the books on, like, on actual cassette, for real, um, they said things like Voldemort uh, and Accio or whatever. And then... Audible basically commissioned to have the books, and when they were available on Audible, they changed some of the pronunciations and brought Stephen Fry and Jim yeah. Dale back to read their books, uh, and with the uh, corrected pronunciations. Uh-huh. That's cool. I like that. Um, yeah, there's a whole guide in the first uh, in the first Lord of the Rings book. At least my copy has a guide on pronunciation. So it is definitely Sauron and not Sauron, for instance. And it is definitely Smaug. Not well. Smog. Not Smog. <laughs> Smog. No. Uh, but yeah, all, all those bits... Re- I, 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 die, I haven't reread Lord of the Rings in several years, but I still, every, every so often, I go back in and I read my favourite chapters or I find a passage and like, my copy has bookmarks all through it where I just like my favourite bits. And it's still gives me chills every time when I listen to those bits or watch those bits or read those. I, it's such a passionate thing for me, and, you know, that's why it's the best movie ever. Have you um, read any fan fiction? Most no. fan fiction sucks, but um, I've gotten... <laughs> I have, like, three bits of Harry Potter fan fiction that I read, like, constantly, which is Methods Rationality, right? which was written by an actual scientist, and... And uh, Harry Potter is basically raised by scientists, and he's like, "No, magic, but no." <laughs> and and like halfway through, he's like, "Oh my god, it's just fucking magic! God damn it! I can't <laughs> rationalize it. It just works." Because he's like uh, floating. Because yeah. uh, McGonagall uses a levitation spell, and he's like, "That makes sense. You move the air molecules or whatever." And then she turns into a cat, and he's like. I I don't know what to do with this information. <laughs> okay, that's quite uh, yeah, a lot. it's very funny. I I I am a huge I'm a huge fan 
of using a particular trope that I am aware of called Magic A is Magic A. Which, what does that mean? And the argument goes that it, in good fiction, anything you have that's not realistic, if it stays consistent, it's fine. So if you say in Harry Potter, all magic always requires wands all the time, that's fine. But later you can't have someone who then does they magic without a wand. No, that's a movie thing, mind. Everyone uses ones in the book. and Yeah, and I, I think I'm right in saying that uh, when you are initially learning, you have to say the words, but if you get better at it, you don't have to say the word yeah, later or um, something Yeah, they like that. learn how to do wordless magic in the sixth year. And by right. learn, I mean so, like four of them pick it up and the rest of them are rubbish. <laughs> but yeah, the, I, from the <coughs> films, I seem to remember the magic is entirely consistent. Uh-huh. In Harry Potter and also Lord of the Rings. And uh, I think that's good. But my one of my favourite series of movies is the Marvel movies. Their magic A equals magic A all over the yeah, place. Yeah, because wrong. like... All the time. Um, it's because science is rubbish. Because like in the first movie, <laughs> Iron Man builds like this giant mechanical fuck-off suit. And then in the... In subsequent things, he's just like, and suit, and then it just appears on him. And that's ridiculous. Actually, I'm kind of okay with that because they set up he's a genius technologist. So anything he does that isn't just things appearing from literally nowhere is okay. And I think they show good progression because in Infinity War, we saw the nanotech suit, but he actually says, This thing's full of nanoparticles, it makes my suit. You know what? I'm fine with that. favourite part about that uh, is that nano just means small. So what he basically said was this is full of small particles. Yes. How it fits an entire suit in there isn't clear. But I'm okay with it. However, the big thing that bugs me in Marvel is Hank Pym's Pym particles. Oh dear. They, they shrink the sizes between atoms. Okay, fine. That's why you increase density. Fair enough. But if you shrink the spaces between atoms... How come you can get smaller than atoms? That's one thing that, like, really, uh, I never really agreed with. But also, J.K. Rowling mm. explained why what wizards did when there wasn't muggle plumbing. Uh, and uh, when she did that, I'm like, you don't need to explain shit. I don't care. As long as you <laughs> yeah. have a, a good story, I don't give a shit. For example, there's yeah. a um, uh, the there's a joke in Endgame where um, the time travel works wrong, but it makes um, Ant-Man younger, like a kid. So you've basically yes. invented an eternal life machine as a gag. Yes, and then they forget about it. And then they forget it. about it. Do you yeah. know why? Because they have to, right? Uh, yeah. When Captain America time travels... Uh, he should be in a different should... universe. He can't come back to his But do you know why place. he comes back? He comes back because, because that scene, scene is fucking amazing and who gives a shit? Yes, exactly. Which is why the pin particles thing bugs me because it doesn't make a good scene. It just makes bad science. If they just said it shrinks because of pin particles, that's it. I'd have been fine with that. It's because they did some science <coughs> and got it wrong. But yeah, I, I, I want to give you, I think it was Alfred Hitchcock. He said the reason why people in horror movies don't call the because police that'll is end because the movie. it's not interesting. Yeah, it's not interesting. And that's one of the reasons why they didn't fly the ring to Mordor on the back oh, of the eagle. Oh, I have so many questions about the eagles. One, do they talk in the book? Go on then. 
Uh, only to Gandalf, if I remember correctly, or only to wizards. Basically, they have their own language, or if not spoken language, then an understanding, but wizards can do it, and no no regular person and can. Two, is it better if people have fucking arrows to be a flying target or to remain hidden? Uh, hidden. If someone's got arrows, I'd rather be hidden Perfect. than in the sky. So they're intelligent, and they're not stupid, so they're not going to be a flying target. So they're not going to fly over the walls of, uh, of exactly because they, they get, get shot. shot. They fail immediately, yeah. and then they have to walk anyway. Now with dead eagles. Yeah, they explained it very, very clearly that it has to be secret. Flying honking great eagles into Mordor is not secret. I, I reckon that if they had some sort of I don't know magic eye of Mordor that could see anything and everything, they'd probably be spotted almost instantly. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, I mean, the other thing is that, that Gandalf explains this pretty clearly as well. The idea that they would destroy the ring doesn't enter into Sauron's mind. To Sauron, they've got... A, his enemy has a massively powerful weapon, so he would never think of them destroying it. But if you fly some eagles into his land, he's damn well going to shoot the eagles down just because they're eagles and they're flying into his land. But he's not checking the borders for a ring bearer. Because why would you? Because instantly, because as exactly. soon as you get the ring, you get corrupted. And no one gives a shit about hobbits. Yeah. There, there's also a really good bit towards the end about um, where just before they do the charge on the uh, Black Gates, where which is a, just a distraction, a massive suicidal distraction. In the book, Gandalf says, um, well, if we go out and try and distract Sauron now... He's going to think that we're fighting over the ring and he's going to want, he's definitely going to take the bait because he's going to want to attack us before any one of us claims lordship and claims the ring because then we'd be more powerful. So that's why Sauron takes the bait because he wants to squash whoever this king might be who might be winning the one ring. Meanwhile, they just go out the back. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, they're dropping the ring into his back door. With Gollum, who cannot be trusted ever... Why do you keep trusting him, you morons? No. <laughs> well, Frodo keeps trusting him. Sam yeah, never because does. Sam is intelligent. Yeah, and correct by the end. He's as always well. correct. He's like, Obviously. this guy's clearly corrupted. And also, how do you know his name? <laughs> I think Gandalf told them the story. Because Gandalf knew Gollum. Uh, in the years between the first scene and the bit where they find out so what the So not in the movie. No. So he just knows it in the movie without question. Oh, no. Okay. In Moria. Um, because Frodo, uh, Bilbo knew, Bilbo knew Gollum's name, as Gollum at least, if not as Smeagol. Then in Moria, Gandalf sat down trying to work out which path to take. And Frodo sat down and said, I think we're being followed. And he said, oh, it's Gollum. And told him a little bit about Gollum's history. Okay. Because Gandalf cool. knew it. I just missed that bit because there's a lot of movie. <laughs> Alright, as yeah. long as they explain it. I have watched it about 11 times. Yeah. As long as they explain it, then that's fine. Do you have any more yes, questions? Yes, loads of questions. Uh, are right. there any... Do you want to rapid okay, fire them uh, at me? What about the other rings? Uh, three rings for the Elven King, seven for the Dwarf Lord, nine for the Do they men. still work without the These... One Ring to rule them all? No. Because the One Ring was forged in secret while the other rings were being forged, the One Ring has command over all of them. Because Sauron was the one who forged all the other rings anyway. Okay. At least with the help of some elves. So he forged the one as like a command ring. 
So that's why he could command all the others. But the three rings were harder to taint. The seven from the dwarves he stole and destroyed. And the nine for the men, men are easily corrupted. So he made them into the ringlets. But after the one Uh is destroyed, the power of the three diminishes because they were connected to the one. Which is why the elves, once the one ring is destroyed, the elves have to diminish and bugger off into the west. Right, okay. Alright, so so we have like diminished powerful rings that are just really nice jewellery, but also fine. Uh, what the hell happens when you put on the ring? Okay, it changes and enhances the powers of the bearer. So a great warrior becomes a stronger warrior, better command, that kind of thing. Whereas a hobbit who's good at hiding becomes invisible. Oh, that must suck for your powers it's like but i wanted to be like super strong and also super fast so i can get this over and done with but no i'm invisible and being attacked by ghosts (laughs) exactly yeah i anyone who puts on the ring wouldn't necessarily some people go invisible i believe hobbits always tend to go invisible uh but in all cases when you put on the ring you are partially sucked into the spirit realm so you become visible to the ring wraiths and you can probably see the ring wraiths but not very many people put the ring on in the course of the story. Most of them are hobbits. The only other one I know of is Isildur. Uh, and all we know about that, we don't know he goes invisible at all. But we know that the ring, he tries to escape some orcs by jumping into a river. And the ring basically jumps off his finger and the orcs kill him. It's not clear if that means he stops being invisible or stops being arrowproof or whatever. But uh, otherwise, the only other person who puts the ring on is Tom Bombadil who it has no effect really? on Really? How come? Uh, because, well, he's never fully explained, but it's entirely possible he's God. Okay, hang on. <laughs> hang on a minute. So, Gandalf is basically an angel, right? Uh, mm, okay. Somewhere, and Sauron is basically an angel as well. Fallen angel, but an angel. Above that is a couple of extra layers of angels, and above that is uh, basically God. Tom Bombadil might be God. So he's God. Maybe, maybe. That's a bit of a fan. He's God, creator of the world, all-powerful, and he named himself Bombadil. Yes. I think that's why they took him out of the film, because he was bonkers and didn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Tolkien was smoking the day he wrote Bombadil. I don't know, but the Hobbits were certainly smoking it as well. Yeah. They say say tobacco, but that thing's definitely weed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They call it pipe weed. Ah, there you go. See? They're not even subtle. The f- the finest weed in the South Farthing. I mean, come on, man. I know, right? The, the, the hope of all of us, of our entire world, is on these high fucking hobbits. Yeah, exactly. That's hilarious. It's ludicrous. Anyway, so God exists. Uh, Gandalf came back. Why? Yep. Uh, because God willed it someone was keeping an eye on him basically and sent him back to be the saruman that saruman should have been there was supposed to be a white saruman betrayed them so that he sent gandalf back as okay cool is that why uh saruman was also white uh yes the so the five wizards were saruman gandalf radagast and two blue ones alatar and palando who don't turn up uh in the book either uh however saruman was the most powerful angel uh, and he was set down with the most power to be the head of the order, but because he betrayed them, Gandalf got promoted and was imbued with extra cool. power. Cool. So he got corrupted by the ring, Saruman did? Uh, no, by a palantir. 
<laughs> I can just see your face going. So, what the f- uh, the Palantir are seeing stones. Think mobile phones, but Lord of the Rings. Uh, and Saruman mm-hmm. had one, and Sauron had one, and so Sauron and Saruman were, were chatting, and Saruman thought he could like trick Sauron or whatever, but ended up basically teaming up with it. And his lust for the ring, which he knew was out there somewhere, drove him mad and made okay. him go evil. Okay, cool, cool. I could talk more about where the Palantir mm. are if you want. Um, <laughs> they have the Eye of Saruman. No, yes? The Eye of Sauron on top of the tower? Yeah, big that's a big thing. orange thing. You also have the like portable one that looks like a bowling ball. That's the Palantir. That's the Palantir. Okay. Yes. Cool. In the extended edition, Denethor oh, has one too. Good for him. <laughs> um, I'm with the hobbits. I should just have stayed home. <laughs> uh, my favorite part about the hobbits is like, ah, oh, we should have breakfast. No second breakfast. It's like we don't stop till nightfall. But what about breakfast? You've already had it. What about second breakfast? And then he's like, I don't think he knows about second breakfast, Pip. That's Fred and George. Those two, it's basically like if yeah. Harry uh, Harry and Ron had to destroy the Horcrux, uh, Fred and George helped Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> and and George presumably has to stab Voldemort in the back of the leg at one. I mean, fair enough. He did lose an ear. That's probably how he did it. Was that Fred? Yeah, know. there you go. I'm oh, I, don't know which, I don't know which one is which. I can't tell them uh, apart. Uh, George lost his ear. And ah. then they're like, at least you can tell which us. Which one died? His part, uh, us apart, or whatever. Yeah. But then one of them dies, and it's easier to oh, tell them apart. I'm sad. I'm not sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the one thing I know about those two. One of them mm-hmm. ends up dead. Uh, it's a whole thing. Uh, yeah. There are Harry Potter fans that love the books and hate the movies. The majority like the movies and love the books. And if you have only seen the movies and haven't read the books, those people need to catch up. I have seen the movies and not read the books. What have you done for Lord of the Rings, though? I have read the books growing up, uh, over and over. When the films came out, I devoured everything I could about what these films were going to be. I watched every trailer, I read every magazine article. I could not get enough of it. I was going completely spare for these movies. And I loved them then, and I love them now. I feel like it is the best movie adaptation of anything ever. And I don't think that's just because it's my favourite book, because I think that I had it on even a higher standard because it was my favourite book. Like, I've I've also picked them apart, but always come down on they're the best. I've, um, I agree. Not only adaptation for, for Lord of the Rings, but, like, just because they're your favourite doesn't mean that you, you're blind to them. Because Harry Potter is my favourite, like, fantasy series, and I'm deep in that lore. But also, I'm like, yeah, they didn't explain that in the movie. How does Fred and George suddenly have all this money? You don't know, because they didn't have that one scene in that explanation scene where they explain that there's also cash money to be won, and then Harry wins the cash money, and then he gives it to Fred and George to start their shop. There you go. And I assume that's, of course in, the that's in the book. And it, it's yeah. set up, because in Goblet of Fire, uh, Fred and George are like, we, we're uh, testing out pranks on each other because we're not evil. We want to make sure that all the pranks work so that we can set up our shop. And Harry's like, how are you going to... Uh. No, I don't think Harry asked how they're going to fill the shop. He's just into the idea. And then 
uh, Harry just gives them the money because he's sad that Cedric died. And also he has oh, plenty of money. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's that's quite a nice little touch that the book obviously yeah. thought of. And you can you can do that in books because you have more time to to do it, don't you? Not every scene has to be driving to the next scene. Some scenes can be slow and purposeful because you got thousands. Exactly, of pages. but I think that the reason that Harry Potter's bad adaptation from like book four onwards is because they cut out plot details because they didn't realize that this would be mm. important later. And, like, then yeah. things are just rushed. Because they were making them before all the books yeah, came out, Yeah, they started at book four, I want to say, or book three. Yeah, I I think I'm right in saying that, I. well, I think most people agree that Game of Thrones got less good when they went yeah, past books. Yeah, no kidding. I, I personally liked the final season. I liked how it ended. It wasn't bad. A lot of people hated it. I thought it was a good ending, but... The latter half of the seasons of Game of Thrones were distinctly less good. Than I the haven't first. seen it, and the reason I haven't seen it is because it's like nine years long, and yeah. also I wanted to see how it ended first. And now everyone's like, "It's, it's rubbish." Yeah. So I'm like, "Cool, that saves me like nine and a half years." <laughs> I don't think it's rubbish, but uh, and I would still recommend it. But I just gave you Lord of the Rings to watch. I can't also tell you to no watch. No one's going to tell me You've to watch Game of Thrones. You've already done I'm going to do that on my own accord, or I'm not going to do it at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if I talked one person into watching Lord of the Rings who hadn't before, then I feel like I've had a good, uh, a good oh. year because I know it's big. I know it's dense, and I, I sincerely hope you got. I know you didn't love no, it. No, 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 no. But I sincerely I hope did, you got I something out of it. I liked it a lot. I'm just like, this doesn't need to be like 12 hours long. It can be like two hours, two and a half hours per movie, right? You don't need four hours. I don't care about the last half hour of the last one at all. Does, do people complain That's about reasonable. that? Because I feel like people should. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I see what you mean. It, even Endgame, after the last scene of End, after the last dramatic battle scene of Endgame, it was about 10 minutes before the credits. We had a funeral. We sent Cap back. Cap came back old. Exactly. In, in Lord of the Rings. Lord, and that was that was 22 movies they were wrapping up there. And they did it in 10 exactly. minutes. Exactly. Uh, in Lord of the Rings, you didn't need to like have a happy ending for everyone. You had the wedding or the coronation or whatever they were doing. Uh, yeah, coronation. Aragorn's yeah, you have coronation. Aragorn's coronation. Everyone's in the crowd. And then you pan across and they're like, and then that's it. I wouldn't have enjoyed that as much, but I can appreciate that might have been better for a sort of a mainstream or like audience. You, you just do a monologue. Like, you have people chatting in the crowd. Like, here's the new yeah. queen, uh, the new king of Lord of the Rings. Boom. And then they're like, wow, that was a great adventure. How's your hand? It's like, fine. Do you want to go out? And then, and then Frodo and, and Sam go out, and then everyone's happy, especially me. Yeah, I... I think what they could have done for a happy medium is give us a montage of everyone's wrapping up so that those like me who know the book could go, oh, that's Sam meeting his who's his future wife. And, oh, that's uh, Faramir and Eowyn uh, pairing up and going to their new home. Sure, and if you want to do it as a montage, that's I know. fine. It's not that they covered everyone. It's that they did it in half an hour. Yeah, they could have done no, it I'm in not going to lie. I do I'm agree. Lie. I was on the fast forward button. I'm like, I get it. I get it. I get it. Cool, we're done. It's probably the weakest moment of all three films, is trying to get that ending It's the ended. only time when it felt Although, long. That and the trees arguing. 
Those were the only two times, yeah. which considering when... how long these films actually were, it's pretty good that only two yeah. scenes felt I mean, really long. When Frodo was leaving, when Frodo was leaving on the boat, I cried. When Frodo was leaving on the boat without so... Sam, I cried. Yeah, I know. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, that was... Yeah, I see what you mean. It did drag a bit there. It didn't need to have... That could have saved half an hour out of Return of the King. Yeah, and... Uh... I, I I do like these movies though, I I'm, I'm critical of them but, because like it, that, that's just me. I, I'm I'm like that. Um, it's a podcast. We have to be at least. Yeah, a bit it's quick. not just going to be a love fest. Because um, you're the yeah. one that is your favorite movie, and I I can see why because it's just so in, inviting and it just shows everything. And Harry Potter has tons of plot holes and tons of flaws. But the but it's written so well that you're like, I get it, but no, who cares, right? Like yeah. people. Yeah, I mean, again, it's because you don't phone the police in a horror movie. It doesn't matter if you it if you skirt over the plot holes. Actually, I would say if a film's good, it, plot holes are easily exactly. ignored. If a film is bad, plot holes make a bad film. For example, worse. Um, prison in Harry Potter and Prison of Azkaban. Uh, people thought that Sirius Black betrayed Lily and James Potter because uh, he was their secret keeper, but he changed it so that Peter Pettigrew was a secret keeper and he's a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> but then she went into how the secret keeping uh, magic works and it can't be tortured out of you at all. Uh, you have to voluntarily give it up. So the fact that, that they made right. Peter Pettigrew the secret keeper instead of Sirius Black at all is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but it took me 20 years to notice. <laughs> ah. Like, I, it's the 20th fair. anniversary, and only now am I like, wait a minute, that's a bit rubbish. <laughs> yeah, also, that adult human man was Ron's familiar for the last yeah, seven years? Yeah, yeah, that's creepy. That can't Why be the right. hell is he with the Weasleys at all, instead of the Malfoys? Why was he a rat all this to time? hide. Because he was, oh, he was, okay, that's uh, fair. He, he, it was like he was murdered and someone would have recognised him. <coughs> fair enough. Okay, I have a question. While, while you're firing Lord of the Rings questions at me, I've got sure, a Harry Potter I should, question. I should cover Harry Potter. Go on. When, when they were trying to work out which one was the werewolf, uh-huh. why weren't they immediately going, hey, Remus Lupin, his name is Wolfboy Wolfman. <laughs> His name what, means... is he the wolf? Oh, he's the wolf. That's means, good to his know. His name means wolf, and the Lupin's moon. So, I'm guessing that it's that guy. Uh, Hermione figured it out because he's called no, wolf because, wolf. Because uh, uh, Snape set the essay for them to study werewolves. Snape, oh, Snape right. was like, Clever. "Someone's going to figure it out. Maybe Hermione will figure it out." <laughs> Everyone else is an idiot. She's That's probably great. clever enough, right? So she he sets the essay. Uh, so that one of them will figure it out. It's a great yeah, plan. Smart. That, yeah, because he wanted them to figure yeah, it out. And Hermione obviously. didn't. Hermione did, but didn't tell anyone. And everyone else is stupid. And also yeah, in the movie, uh, <laughs> one other thing that they did in the movie bad was that they added clouds and shit for the moon. And so everyone should have been like, "He's afraid of the moon." Oh my god, he's a werewolf, right? In the, in the book, it's just the moon. So everyone's like, why is he afraid of crystal balls? Uh, so, which which makes more sense. And then Hermione's like, he's not afraid. Oh my God, you guys are idiots. 
But I'm not going to tell you because, like, it's a secret. <laughs> I'll only tell you if I'm pretty sure that he betrays us. <laughs> he turns out to be a good. Uh, yeah, he? he's the only defense against the dark arts teacher who turns out to be good, and he's the second best one. Yes, I love the fact that in, Which in the, the best uh, one? in the fourth movie, uh, is it Ken Brown? Oh yeah, Kenneth Branagh is the best in everything he's ever been in. He's a shit defense against the dark arts teacher. He's my favorite character because he's just so like, yeah. hello, hello everyone. I yeah. am the greatest. Thank you, thank you. Stop clapping it's fine it's fine no one claps no one gives a shit <laughs> i love him he's uh, great he's, he's he's brilliant wait hang on snape turned out not uh, to be evil yeah but like also... <laughs> always uh, yeah that makes up for everything man i wouldn't know my kid after him i'll put it that way right? i'd like Ginny name also, one of the kids severus severus is not a good name no. for a child tell that to severus's parents yeah, exactly. I, oh, the the guy who might be a bad guy is called Cutting. Hmm. Maybe he's a bad guy. Um, you also have Barty Crouch Jr. Um, doing, uh, <laughs> doing Defense Against the Dark Arts as he's, un, as he's undercover as Mad-Eye Moody, right? So he's a Death Eater. Oh, yeah. Right? And he teaches them really cool spells. Yep. And he's like, and Voldemort's like, why? How did you figure out how to um, overcome the Imperius curse? Your guy was like really good. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I love Harry Potter. I should just. I'm going to discuss Harry Potter with someone. I'm part of like several Harry Potter fan groups. I'm going to make like a full episode about it. It's really fun. We've kind of ended up making this episode a bit of a comparison. Appa- show. Comparisons between Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter is fun by me. Yeah. I mean, on my uh, on my podcast, we usually come up with a winner at the end, but uh, I feel like I know what each of our votes is going to be. So, ah, uh, yeah, but still, uh, I I think we're we're pretty much good, aren't we? We've covered everything. I think we've talked both of them. Yeah, you love Harry Potter, I love Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and that's great. We can still uh, be friends. Yeah, because they're pretty much the same movie, except Lord of the Rings has less plot holes. <laughs> yeah i'll take that that sums it up nicely <laughs> okay so where can the good people find you oh right uh so you can find me at two geeks two movies it's a podcast where myself and my co-host uh mr harry chapel who you've had on before i believe he did shape yeah of water he did shape of water uh and then i was on your podcast comparing shape of water to hellboy Yes, so we've got very connected here. Uh, so yes, with Two Geeks, Two Movies, what we do is we compare two movies with e- with some connection, usually similar, similar plots, or they came out the same year, or some connection of or other that we think is interesting to put together. Uh, then we uh, attempt to summarise the plots to both of them in one go, uh, then connect them through the Kevin Bacon game, and finally conclude which is best. That sounds amazing. And, oh... And you could find us on Facebook at Two Geeks Two Movies, Instagram, and uh, all good podcasting platforms. But the links are through on the Facebook group. So find us on there and give us a like, give us a subscribe, uh, talk to us, tell us what movies you want us to compare. Um, that sounds amazing. Uh, I ever since like you invited me on, I've been doing comparisons to different movies. <laughs> like there's uh, Shawshank Redemption and Toy Story Three, or Shawshank Redemption and Paddington Two. <laughs> it's funny you should mention that Shawshank Redemption is the one we just recorded that'll be uh, I don't know when this episode's going up but the one I just recorded yesterday my time 
was Shawshank Redemption and Escape from Alcatraz. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and the next one we're doing is going to be Spider-Man 2 and Amazing Spider-Man oh, 2. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think the which one is better is kind of a foregone conclusion. Exactly. It's always Batman. We all, yeah, we already did the first two of those series to compare to each other. Now we're doing, because Far From Home's coming out this week, we're doing those two for our next episode. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Uh, you can follow me at Aussie Nerds Pod on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to this each week. I talk to uh, a person about their favorite movie, and usually it's going to be great. Usually, <laughs> uh, I'm working on Classics Month at the moment. Uh, so, and instead of going for um, asking people what their favorite classics movie is, I just went to classic uh, movie Facebook groups and asked them what their favorite movies were. <laughs> I'm I'm really sticking to the format as best I can. Um, Excellent. You can follow uh, me on I, Facebook. I love it. Uh, Aussie Nerds on Facebook. Uh, links to both of our stuff will be in the description. Excellent. All right. Until next time. Well, thank you again for it's having me. It's been great. Uh, until next time. Goodbye. Bye. Brave little hobbit whom we all admire Just sitting on a treasure of silver and gold Puffing on his pipe in his hobbit ho ho Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins He's only three feet tall Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins Bravest little hobbit of them all